Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Ball and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? Good, Jeff. How are you? I am well, and I'm well just in general, but I am frustrated (laughs) when we get to these movies. But otherwise, I am well. Thank you. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a rough week for movies, but it's been a great week um, just in general because weather's been pretty nice. So, uh, yep, so I'm looking forward to join as much of it as we can but yep so far a good week uh nothing too exciting which is even better um but we're just just rolling through it at the house here so how about you you doing well i'm pretty good you know we had um the last bit of overtime this weekend that i worked it was a nice day weather was nice um you know it's the last time for a while to get up at four o'clock in the morning that was like I, I woke up at four, alarm went off, and then I was out. Then my alarm went off again. It was four thirty. Like I gotta get up. <laughs> I gotta get up. And um, but it was cool. It was a good day. Um, and then the week was good. Not too much activity. Uh, yeah, nothing to complain about. Nothing stressful going on, which is good. Yeah, uh, you know. Then of course. Trying to find something to watch was still a bit of a struggle, but, you know, managed. And then I took my first venture to the theater after Look at you. After a year and some months. <laughs> a year and some months. Look at you. Yeah. I'm proud of you. I had thought about it, but um, I'm not as brave as you are. Uh, not yeah. because of going to the theaters, but uh, considering the movie that you went to go see in theater. Yeah. Um, you and I... <clears throat> You and I joked in uh, in our text <laughs> that, uh, you know, I mentioned I, I don't think I may be old enough to see this movie. <laughs> so you were like, well, you may not be old enough either. Um, but we'll get into that. But yeah. that's kind of one reason. Like, well, if it's I'm in, I'm in that's something I'm sure if it's going to be up my up my lane. So it may be one I'll just forget. But we'll get to your to that in yeah. a minute. Um, so I did. Uh, I started watching the Jupiter's Legacy mm-hmm. through that. <clears throat> I didn't. Re- I forgot it was uh, based on the Mark Millar uh, comic book by the same name. Uh, yeah. When I saw a Millar World production, I was like, "Oh yeah!" And then immediately remembered what it was from. I hadn't read it, but I have definitely seen it. I absolutely yeah. love Mark Millar. Uh, for those that are kind of unaware, he's the one that um, wrote. <clears throat> he's the one that wrote Kickass. So in Kickass Two, so yeah. you can see a lot of you can see a lot of that in the show. It's a little bit tame. Well, no, it's tamer than the it's tamer than yeah. Kickass, but quite a bit. But I mean, as far as making you know comic books which are generally more for i mean they're for everybody but you know when people think comic books they think usually kids and you know kind of tweens they don't really think 
for adults. Right. Kick-Ass was obviously for adults. Um, this is kind of for adults, but you're kind of teens and tweens also, as far as um, age bracket to read and or, I guess, watch the show. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. I'm actually digging Josh Dumel with the uh, with the gray beard and and the uh, Grateful Dead hair. I'm I'm kind of digging that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, no, I'm, <clears throat> I'm enjoying it. I like Josh Dumel anyways. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I did I did finish it. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, just putting it up against everything that's out as far as the shows. You know, you got Invincible, Right Vision, and Falcon Winter Soldier. It's kind of like it's cool to have it out as we prepare for loki coming up so it's good to have that to kind of yeah. put that in the middle and, and that's um, kind of where it lands amongst all of those two yeah. kind of just in the middle which is fine it's a yeah. good place to be there's nothing wrong with that no i mean they pretty much set up the world the the, the characters yeah. the universe so i'm just curious what the second season will be if they get picked up for another one Right, and I see what you mean about the flashbacks kind of throwing you off sometimes. Yeah. I agree there are some times that I kind of felt a little disjointed, but not enough that it took me out of it. But, no. I, could see yeah. where, but I could see where where somebody might get, get confused uh, by it at times, like where yeah. you're at in the timeline and who yeah. each character is from, especially the, you know, the, the pre-powers, you know, timeline. Uh, compared to like who's this guy with this power you know with where they fall at in this time age because they don't look the same obviously right so i've gotten some confusion there but not enough that again that it takes me out of the story i i so i'm on board uh with that one and what else i've been watching trying to think there was another uh mayor of east town uh on hbo max Mm -hmm. is a great show uh with kate winslet and evan peters and um david denman from the office uh it's really good it's good whodunit uh type of show kate winslet's amazing she'll probably start getting nominations like emmys and stuff like that yeah. for her role because she's as a worn broken down um detective in a small pennsylvania you know police department uh, who's grieving from the loss of her, still grieving from the loss of her son, you know, a year or so later, uh, as well as having to take care of his, you know, basically her grandson. Yeah. Uh, because the mother is, you know, it's been, it had issues with drug addiction. So they're having to watch the child, but now the mother's, you know, come back and is trying to, you know, come back clean and trying to, you know, take custody of the child. So it's that kind of thing. Oh, Gene Smart's also in. Gene Smart plays um, from Designing Women, plays uh, Kate Winslet's mom. So, anyway, some kidnappings and a couple of murders have occurred, and Kate Winslet's assigned to the case. She's having a hard time uh, with. Uh, finding a finding a killer you know so they end up bringing in a detective from county which is evan peters to assist with the case so and there's a lot and then all these side characters have their own secrets and everything so it really is hard to figure out who who killed this one girl so 
but yeah, no, it's it's definitely definitely worth a watch. I I really enjoy it. Mayor of East Town. There's only two episodes left uh, of of this. I guess it's just a limited series, uh, but it's it's pretty good. And I think that's about it. Yeah, and just usual. Yeah. Um, I went back and finally watched Upload on Prime. Yeah, what you think? Yeah, I liked it. I, yeah. I didn't realize how short the episodes were. I could have like right. binged it quite a yeah. while ago, but uh, I did that in. I guess it was last Wednesday and Thursday. I just went through and watched them all, and it was. I, I enjoyed it. It's quirky. Yeah, it's it not, had it's me not standard comedy, but it's no. Quirky. I was like, you know, if this world wasn't as crazy as it is, that wouldn't be a bad concept. But the world right. we're in, it, the world we're in now, I'm like. I wouldn't even. I, no, <laughs> no, right. Yeah. The world of um, microtransactions. Exactly. Which is pretty <clears throat> much the world. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. And uh, trying to think of what else. I guess that's it, man. That's yeah. I was trying to think if there was anything else. I'm like, no, I don't think there's anything else. I've been watching. Oh, I did watch the Son of Sam. Uh, or Sam's sort of uh, documentary on Netflix. It's a four-part, I think, four or five-part documentary series uh, about this one guy who investigated it and <clears throat> who was a writer, kept investigating it, and you know was convinced that David Berkowitz was not the only person that was doing the killings. And then in his investigation found out that he was linked to this kind of like this offshoot, basically like a, if a, basically Scientology had an offshoot branch, mm-hmm. <clears throat> kind of like how Methodists are also Christians, but they're not Baptists. They're just a different form of Christianity. Basically that same type of concept, but towards Scientology. And, uh, but these people are a lot more, I want to say radical in that sense, but it started, the, the origins were with Scientology and then they kind of did their own thing. And to the point that like Charles Manson was a part of this sect (laughs) and all those killings. And so Berkowitz is, uh, was involved in one, in one of those things and, as well so they're all part of this like little offshoot from Scientology that um yeah believed in like drinking you know the whole drinking blood and all that kind of weird stuff so they uh so this this guy ended up uh kind of coming doing during his investigation found found that Berkowitz wasn't the only person at these when these killings occurred, that there were multiple people. Yeah. He's just the one that more or less took the blame, you know, took took the blame for it, or took the credit, I guess is, you know, for us it'd be took the blame for him, he took the credit for it. Yeah. So, it's a, it's very, it's very, very well done. Uh, it definitely keeps your interest. So, so one thing Netflix does really well is crime documentaries. Uh, acquiring them or whatever. They, yeah. They've, they know where uh, people's interests lie. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, shall we get into it? Yeah.
This is tough. Let's just go ahead and rock and roll. Okay. Uh, do you want to do the one we both watched together first, or do you want to save that for last and then transition? Um, we could save that one for last. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've only got one other one because we family movie night we we kind of held off on because we had a lot going on. Saturday we I did start to uh, introduce them to the Coen Brothers. Oh, brother, where art thou? Mm-hmm. Because I figured Grayson will like the music, York will like the humor. We only made about halfway through the film before it was bedtime, which was fine because I then realized there is a part towards the end of the film that I didn't think. I didn't feel like having to explain to Grayson about uh, when they're at the Klan rally thing and Tommy's up there and they're having to, you know, they have the cross and then they have to knock the cross over and rescue Tommy. Uh, anyway, it's been so long since I've watched it. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I don't feel like having to have that conversation with Grayson or trying to explain it. With York, you know, he kind of has, he has, he's old enough, he has an idea about that sort of thing and, yeah. you know, can explain it to him a lot easier and have that conversation. Um, but, you know, it's no really funny. I've always, it's always been one of my most quotable movies that I could think of. Um, and I think it's very funny. The music's really good. So I was like, he'll probably, I know he'll probably like it. Grayson will like the music. So, yeah. And even she found the, some of those parts really funny. I think her favorite was when they found out, or after they met the sirens and uh, when they woke, when, uh, when, uh, shoot, Tim Blake Nelson's character and George Quinney's character both woke up and then Totoro's character wasn't there. And then out, but his clothes were, and out, out pops a, you know, a toad, and Tim Blake Nelson screams because they, he thinks that the sirens turned him into a, turned him, in, turned him into a toad. He is screeching. Grayson lifts up her hand to cover, you know, to cover the, you know, the TV. Turns and goes. He really needs to brush his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Ruth and I were both rolling on that one. It was really funny. <laughs> he needs to brush it. Oh, he's got <laughs> he's got a lot of cavities. <laughs> so we're having to explain back then, obviously, probably does. And especially if uh, they didn't have a toothbrush with him. Well, right. He needs to go get one. <laughs> like, okay, I'm glad this is your takeaway from it. Yes. Uh, I remember well, the song. Of course, well, of course it's Pete. It looks just like him. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember the was it Man of Constant Sorrow that yeah. song. Uh-huh. When I used to do karaoke, that was a song me and my friends did as a group. That was oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was it was fun. Sometimes I wish I still did it, but yeah, yeah not anymore. Okay. It's like a different alternate version of me. <laughs> I don't know. You and I might have to do it sometime. But it's funny because everybody get up there and be drink drinking, drunk, oh. tipsy. I never drank. Because whenever I did drink, I would mess yeah. the words up, and I didn't want to mess the words up. So I always uh, went up there yeah. straight. I'm just like, it's nervous at all, it's all out every time, but yeah, I, I want to get the words right. <laughs> right on. Uh, but yeah, uh, so so far they are enjoying it. Um, <laughs> York and I will probably finish it today, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and that's after I watched all these ever mo- all these these two other movies that I'm just going to go ahead and kind of tell everybody right away. 
I was I've not been frust- so frustrated with two movies <laughs> back to back in such a long time. <laughs> yep. And I was looking forward to both of them. So that could have been my fault. And it's not that I had expectations, it's just it's just that I was, I was kind of you know, I was interested in watching these. And then yeah. after watching them was like <sighs> <laughs> and then move on. I was like, what happened? All right, first movie I'm going to talk about is The Woman in the Window. Okay. Yeah. On Netflix, dropped this past Friday. It's an hour and 40 minutes long. Stars Amy Adams as Anna Fox, Gary Oldman as Alistair, Alistair Russell, at Anthony Mackie as Ed, which you don't ever see him, just hear his voice. Um, uh, Fred Heisinger as Ethan Russell, Julianne Moore as Jane Russell number one, Jennifer Jason Lee as Jane Russell number two, Wyatt Russell, this is where it throws you off. You got Jane Russell one, Jane Russell two, and then an actor named Russell. Anyways, Wyatt Russell as David. Brian Tyree Henry as Detective Little. Yeah. And then... uh, Right. And then it goes on. So, with that amazing cast, (laughs) we've also got director Joe Joe Wright, who directed Atonement, Pride and Prejudice, Darkest Hour, Hannah. Like, I mean, all these great Movies. Well, then there's Pan, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, can't win them all. The Soloist. I mean, all these great films, and then there's this movie. Um, the movie was written by Tracy Letts, based on the novel by A.J. Finn. It's about an agoraphobic woman living alone in New York that begins spying on her new neighbors, only to witness a disturbing act of violence. All right. Sounds interesting. The the trailer, amazing. Yeah. The trailer. I'm like, okay. Basically, they took Rear Window and the movie Unknown with Liam Neeson, and I think it's, is it Natasha Henstridge? I feel like. I could be wrong on that one. But, which is also a great kind of hit, not kind of very Hitchcock esque uh, style film, which is why I like it. Yeah. Uh, they ba- where basically he has an, an accident, winds up in a hospital, and his wife doesn't know who he is. Like, I don't know this man, blah, 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 blah. So now he's having to retrace his steps and figure out why he, more or less, people don't recognize him, don't know him, or, yeah. They don't show him staying at this hotel that he was staying at. All that. So, they took that premise. They took the premise of the movie Rear Window, directed by Hitchcock, starring uh, Jim James Stewart, Grace Kelly, Raymond Burr, and Thelma Ritter. Um, they took that, in which, James, in case, for, in case you have not seen Rear Window or don't know what the movie's about... It's about a guy who broke his leg. Uh, he's a photographer, broke his leg, so he's held up in his apartment 
during the heat wave in New York and in his apartment complex. And the only thing to keep him entertained is to basically just watch people watch outside his apartment window. Yeah. And in doing so, believes that thinks he witnesses a person across in another building being murdered by her husband, played by Raymond Burr, who's got white hair. And that kind of is a very distinguishable feature. And so it's about him snooping, spying, essentially spying on them and, and uh, getting his girlfriend and caretaker involved in the whole ruse or in the whole uh, mystery. Yeah. And then coming to find out, yeah, he actually you know, killed his wife. So basically they've taken those two movies and they made the woman in the window. Now, I granted, it's based on a book. The book then took those two movies, I guess. I don't know. <clears throat> All I'm here to talk about is the movie. I don't know anything about the book. Yeah. <clears throat> I will say this. Gary Oldman plays the male that lives across the street that she's spying on, more or less. And he's got white hair, just like Ray Burr's character. I don't know what kind of choice that was, but it was interesting choice. Maybe it was just an homage. I don't know. Yeah. So Amy Adams is an agoraphobic. Her, her, you come to find out her son and kid have passed. So she's, she will not leave the house. She has therapy over the phone. So she doesn't have anybody in her house. Mm-hmm. She, although she rents her basement out, so that's kind of weird. Um, but they, they, it's one of those exterior entrances. And okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but she leaves him alone, and vice versa. <clears throat> so she's, <laughs> and she's met. You know, she's medicating for you know for her, for her trauma and everything, and. It uh, the new they she gets new neighbors across the street. They move in. The she meets the son who comes and talks to her from time to time because she'll let people into the house, but she will not go out of the house. So, uh, so she's had the she had Jane Russell number one come in, played by Julian Moore. They had a nice little talk and chat, and then um. You know, met the son and everything. Then one night she witnesses the murder of. You know, she witnesses a murder and then it's a she tries to call 911 and they basically try. and They think. Because she's medicated and because of her. Her illness, I guess you could say, I don't know um, that they don't take her seriously. So it's and then, uh, you know, Wyatt Russell basically plays David, who's the guy that rents out her basement. He's on parole. So she thinks that he might have something to do. He uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of clues that are left around to make you think that it could be various different people or that there's some big plan because of her uh, because of her trauma and what she's having to deal with and try and get over that 
she's being taken advantage of and people won't believe, you know, just assume that she's just more or less crazy. Yeah. So they don't take her seriously. All that is great. Cool. Amy Adams, her her portrayal of this character knocks it out of the park. Fantastic acting. Nothing bad to say about that. Um, behold, uh, I, made, I did make a few notes. So basically, yeah, like I said earlier, I, I wrote down the pitch. I wrote down. So this is how I believe the movie was pitched. Listen, I watched Rear Window and Unknown yesterday and decided to write a script combining the two movies. Oh, and my 10 year old helped write it, too, because I got bored halfway through. So I let him take over and or her. Um, I let them take over. And here's your script. Perfect. We have some A-list actors that need to fulfill some multi picture de- some multi-picture deals we'll put them in it commission <laughs> point in quotes all right so, but it so this movie had a decent start a decent setup and then like its main character lost his damn mind <laughs> <laughs> the story got convoluted the dialogue got stale the poor actors were doing their best to deliver a performance with lame dialogue it was just very non-realistic dialogue. It was just how you... It's like, well, this is how I think people talk. And so I'm going to type this up, and this is what they're going to say. Yeah. Th- Gary Oldman, I think, overacted to compensate for the bad script. <laughs> so maybe I can make him forget. <laughs> maybe. Forget. Stare at my hair. Stare at yeah. my hair. Stare at my hair. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah... Amy Adams did do really well as someone suffering from trauma. I, I mean, her portrayal was really good. I think, and I don't think the directions, I don't think the way it was shot was bad. It was obviously shot on the studio lot. I mean, it just looks like it was. Yeah. And, but it, it just, I don't know. It was, it was lacking. That script was not good. I think in if the script would be a little bit tighter, actually have dialogue that people would actually use, then it could be a stronger film. But I think I think it was a little tough. <laughs> a little tough to watch. Like I, I, I was sitting here going, what is going on with this movie? Why are these people the dialogue was just bad. Like it really, the dialogue's what really killed me on this movie. Um, but her acting's really good. Maybe I was wanting more because I love Rear, Rear Window so much. But you know, for in my opinion, an updated adaptation of the film, it had some interesting ideas that they just weren't able to deliver on them. But yeah, it. I mean, I'm glad it went to Netflix because I know it was supposed to come out in theaters because I remember us remember seeing the trailer for it. And then. Uh, but it was. Uh, but I know that. <clears throat> excuse me. But I know that because of COVID and everything, they, you know, obviously everything got pushed back. Yeah. I like I like it says here it says here in the trivia. Despite the similar plot, this is not a remake of Rear Window from 1954. 
It definitely looks like it, though. <laughs> uh, oh, the classic movie clips shown in, the, in this film are from Laura from 1944, Spellbound 1945, and Dark Passage from 1947. Spellbound was actually directed by Alfred Hitchcock and is one of my least favorite ones. Uh, him and Cary Grant, but it is a guy suffering from amnesia that forgets his past. So, yeah. shocker there. Um, yeah, it's just, mm. but yeah, it's it's a. I mean, it's okay. It's just not for me. I guess I I just didn't like it. If you have read the book and you know and see how it at you know how well it's adapted from the book, cool. Watch it. You want to see Amy Adams deliver another stellar performance, then sure, watch it. Everybody else is just kind of there. Yeah. They're getting their paycheck and then, you know, fulfilling a contract obligation. One of those probably three picture deal type of things. Like, hey, you're going to be in this one. Oh, okay. Anyways, that's uh, The Woman in the Window, a perfect Netflix movie. Nice. All right. Let's see. My first one <clears throat> It's also on Netflix. Uh, it's titled Monster. Um, so it had a Netflix release on May 7th, 2021, but it was originally screened at Sundance January 22nd of 2018. Uh, it has a runtime of an hour and 38 minutes. The director is Anthony Mandler. And it's starring Kelvin Harrison Jr. The previous movie that I talked about with him in it was Loose, where he was oh, yeah. playing. Yeah, he was like a very intelligent student that pretty much had his future set for him because, you know, scholarships bound. But he was a little off. <laughs> uh, also starring uh, Jennifer L. You have Tim Blake Nelson, uh, Rakim Myers, otherwise known as ASAP Rocky. Oh, okay. And um, John David Washington is in this yeah. as well. Uh, Jennifer Hudson and Jeffrey Wright. So it's <clears throat> about a smart, likable 17-year-old film student from Harlem who sees his world turned upside down when he's charged with a murder. And we follow his dramatic journey through a complex legal battle. So it opens up with him basically being booked in jail and taken to a well a prison taken to a cell and you know he's getting prepared and just him being prepared for his trial so he's talking to his lawyer and you know he's trying to explain that he didn't do it but you know i don't know I, they didn't explain whether or not she was like a public defender or she was actually a lawyer but the prosecutor Pulls her outside and tries to convince her to take a plea deal, which would put him in jail for over 20 years. And she's trying to counter by saying, why don't we just try to do five to seven? But he's very determined to make sure that she takes the plea deal because he simply looks the part. So uh, Kevin Harrison plays Stephen Harmon, and he's charged with murder of um, Bodega Clerk and... So, I guess this is a case of, you know, he's a young black male, and so he's automatically being looked at as the monster. So, okay. it's, so it shows him, 
this this also kind of uses flashbacks. So we see him currently in trial. Then we go back to kind of get more information about who he is as a person. And he spends a lot of his time taking pictures, shooting video, trying to get, you know, lighting shots. You know, he's always just standing there just kind of, you know, looking yeah. through his, you know, just doing what you do as a film, film student or as a director, just trying to get the perfect shot. And... And so, you know, you you get the impression that, yeah, someone like this, you know, doesn't come ac- come across as being someone capable of killing someone. But all the evidence and testimony is basically placing him at the scene of the crime, saying that he's an accomplice, like he's the lookout person, giving out signals to when it's clear to go in, and you know the and uh, ASAP Rocky, he plays James King who's, you know, I guess this kind of, he's just a bad guy. I don't really give you a lot of description about him. And it's just someone that, that, um, <clears throat> that Steven kind of, you know, is an acquaintance to, like he just kind of runs, runs into him while he's taking pictures. They're not friends. You know, they don't know each other's family. They haven't invited each other over to their houses and whatnot. It's just when out and about, they come across each other and they talk. And so it's not until, he gets on, you know, gets on the stand, is able to give his his point of view of everything. That, you know, you just see how it can be for people now, where you know you're just automatically guilty and have to prove your innocence instead of it being innocent till proven guilty. And um, I thought it was that was pretty well acted. Um, the flashbacks here to me work better than. We were talking about as far as the other content, but um, you know I like Kelvin Harrison in Loose. I feel like he did a great job here. Um, he's still playing these high school, <laughs> high school characters, seventeen year old and whatnot. But it's a different, you know. He's actually got himself together. He's smart, intelligent, good person. Just happened to be in the wrong place, wrong time, and you know, it's just a messed up situation all around and it's kind of a predictable movie you kind of know how it's going to end but it's kind of it's cool going through the journey of how things unfold right um but i feel like it's uh it's worth checking out if you got netflix and everything it's worth checking out okay cool i dig it um do you want me to go ahead and go on to my second one yeah go ahead and go on to your second one since i've only watched two and you've got three so all right. So like I mentioned earlier, I made my way back into the theater. I was able to um you know, since Opry Mills is the only theater open right now, I was kind of waiting until other theaters open, but I needed my saw fix, I guess. <laughs> so I went to see Spiral, which you know in the in the theater is Spiral colon Saw, or the original title was Spiral from the Book of Saw. And this was released May 14th, 2021. Uh, Runtime of an hour and 33 minutes. So it's not not too long of a movie. Directed by Daryl Lynn Bousman. Had a budget of $40 million. So far, it's brought in $8.7 million. So for a Saw movie, it's got a little more budget going for it. But it could be considering two of its stars. You got Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson in it. Right. And that obviously bumps it up. But it did look... Like, you know, it's more, you know, as far as how it was shot. Didn't seem like just slapped together, you know. 
Right. I, I seriously doubt with having those two actors and they're probably going to slap together a movie. Nah. Nah. Um, <laughs> so also starring, you got um, Marisol Nichols, uh, Max uh, Magella. Uh, it's about a criminal mastermind who unleashes a twisted form of justice and spiral the terrifying new chapter from the book of Saul. So it's, I guess you can say it's a Saw movie, but not exactly a Saw movie. It's more like a jigsaw copycat going around. And it starts off where there's this like carnival or celebration going on, and this woman gets her purse stolen. And there happens to be a cop in the area, and so he pursues the, the, the criminal. And he falls him down into a sewer, which is kind of clean for, for being a sewer, but it leads to a train tunnel. And then... As in Saul, you know, he gets taken from behind with, uh, like, plastic wrap and gets knocked out. And then he wakes up and he's hanging up by his tongue on a train track just with a bench, kind of keeping him up. And he has this decision to make. Either you're going to rip your tongue out so he can avoid getting hit by this train that's coming that's two, min- two minutes out. Or, you know, that's your fate. Uh, but again... This this copycat is attacking police officers. There's like a uh, a story behind what's going on. Um, Chris Rock is a detective, and he's pretty much shunned, not really supported by his colleagues because of him turning in a dirty cop. And everybody just kind of looks down on him because they think he's a snitch and whatnot. But you know, this police officer shot a witness, Cole you know, point blank and just basically yeah. tried to say, you know, oh, he drew on me. And it's like, well, this dude was a witness. So he's a witness and he drew on you. This doesn't make sense. But because right. of what he did, it's just, you know, people like it led to him pursuing someone. He's calling for backup. Nobody shows up and he engages anyway and he gets shot in the process. And his dad just happens to be chief who takes exception to that, who's Samuel Jackson. And, um, so his dad has retired and he got this new case and first they, they want to give the lead to someone else, but he's like, you know, the person that passed and got, that got killed you know, that's my best friend. You know, we were, we were close to each other. So I need to be yeah. on point on this, but you know, there are some traps in this kind of like saw movies, but it's not focused on that. It's like, it's a little more character driven to a degree. Okay. You got, um, you know, it feels like some elements of Seven in this, but not. Oh, okay. One difference in this, you know how like in Seven, they're going through their, through the different situations, but then they have their downtime where they talk and kind right. of go through it. You don't get a lot of that here. It's like everything is up, amped up. We're just going from scene to scene, um, murder to murder. And there's not yes. really a lot of time where the characters sit down and just kind of take everything in and discuss. Yeah. So, um, which probably could have helped it out a little bit, but it's ninety minute movie, so it's not a lot of t- lot of time that you can do for yeah. that. Um, let's see. <clears throat> and then there's kind of like a who 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 done it element where a lot of the other officers are kind of acting suspicious. Where you're thinking like maybe they're doing this copycat stuff, and once it's revealed and you look back. And it's like, okay, it's obvious of who it was. Um, 
I did enjoy it. It did feel much like a Saw movie. Felt like they were trying to do something different, but not quite. Um, you did have that father-son element that they didn't really go deep into. They just kind of glossed over it a little bit, where they could have spent a little more time with that. It might have might have helped the story a little bit. Um, and then the ending, I wasn't too fond of, considering... You know the climate we're in now but yeah but um still overall if you're a fan of all the saw movies i think you'll find enjoyment i think we're both old enough for this because okay. it's not just straight <laughs> torture porn type thing okay yeah um, that's what i was wondering yeah um i mean there are some some gruesome deaths but it's not like you know just there, yeah. There's, there's, there's kind of like there's purpose to what's happening. It's not just yeah. done for the sake of it having being done. Yeah, for the sake of it being a horror. A, yeah, you know, yeah. And it does movie. seem, and it seems like it's more like suspense thriller, Driven. not necessarily okay. horror. Gotcha. And um, you know, and then I, and this is this is a story that Chris Rock kind of brought to them, like what he wanted to see from a Saw movie. So it was cool. What, I don't know if they went to see Saw. He went to see Saw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i don't know you know it might it may do well enough where they'll continue it you know because this is more like this is in the saw universe even though jigsaw isn't in it he is referenced they have pictures of him and whatnot but he doesn't physically appear um yeah it was it was a cool 90 minutes <laughs> you know one one terrible one bad I, I do wish they could have just you know did you know, had that downtime instead of just always just is always on that high alert element. You didn't have a real breathing time. You know, if they, if they could have threw that in there a little bit, it would have been they would have fleshed out a little better. Right. Yeah. But it's worth checking out if you're a Saw fan. And then the director of this, I think, did directed three of the other Saw movies. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it's, if it's not on your list to watch, wait till it comes to streaming. I say, it yeah, it's yeah. not high yeah. on the list. I yeah. I do have a curiosity though. Yeah. So, like, I have some sort of interest in it, but oof, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know there, if I'm ready. There is an opening dialogue scene where Chris Rock is. Um, Kind of just, it's almost like it's one of his stand-up, and um, it was pretty entertaining. And um, it just seemed like if he could have maintained that character throughout the whole movie, that probably would have helped out a lot too. But he just kind of like he was he was up here, then he kind of kind of mellowed out throughout the rest of it. <laughs> I wonder if that came, or if they filmed that last. I wonder if they filmed that last or like, you know what? We might need to add something in here so it's not just completely like this. Yeah, so. possible. <laughs> And then Sam Jackson is Sam Jackson. (laughs) Don't you know I killed I killed the world's biggest gorilla? (laughs) Or fought the world's biggest gorilla. Sorry. So our last movie uh, dropped on Netflix on Friday as well. Uh, Not Netflix, excuse me. HBO Max. Yeah. HBO Max. Whatever, one of the two. Uh, on Friday. Uh, those that those who wish me dead. I know it's going to butcher the title. Starring Angelina Jolie, 
and oh, um, Nicholas Holt, Finn Little, John Brenthal, Aideen Gillen, Jake Weber, Tyler Perry for a scene. <laughs> I guess he was just around that day. Maybe having lunch or something. Um, you want to step on the scene for it? Sure, why not? Anyways, uh, it's an hour and 40 minutes long. It's about a teenage murder witness. Uh, a teenage murder witness finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness with a survival expert tasked with protecting him and a forest fire threatening to consume them all. This summary is mostly true. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> so I have to start out with saying, do you know why they were on the run? Did I, I mean, miss where he talked, where the, where Jake Weber, who plays the father of this kid, talks about why they were on the run? He just says, we have to go. So I did some, I didn't do so, anything bad. So I there was. I mean, I, I I know, I know what 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 they explained it to be. So you know that had that opening scene where there was a house explosion, right? So apparently somebody important was in that house and had information about something that the father also had that needed to. It was like basically he was a loose end and needed to be cut. Yeah, and um, he had this information. And he needed to get it out to the open because he was he he knows it like he doesn't have like any physical type things. Just the fact that he has information in his mind from his memory, he can't be out there to live to tell it. So that's why they're on the run, you know, because he watched the news and they said who also was di- who died in the explosion. He's like, uh, OK, we, we got to go. I mean, I mean, they don't do a great job of explaining it, but you know, I kind of picked that up. And to me, it felt like it was their movie at first, <laughs> the father and son, because yeah, it started it out just, that way for it, sure. Yeah, it followed them. And then I was watching. I was like, you know, I remember the trailer. I don't remember seeing Dad, so I kind of see what's going to happen to him. <laughs> I think you kind of assumed from the jump that's probably what's going to happen, anyways. Yeah, so I mean, it's at least the catalyst for sure as to uh, <laughs> as to what really starts the movie, which really didn't start till about forty minutes in. Yeah, because I yeah. looked, <laughs> I actually looked. I'm like, where are? Oh, we're only forty minutes. We still have an hour left. Okay. Yeah, I was just because it just seemed like Angelina Jolie's in this because of her name. Maybe, maybe this will get people people to watch this and yeah. Because it's not really it's not really her movie. No, she just happens to be a character in it. Yeah, and it's uh, more just the kids' movie. It's the kids' yeah. journey, and then she's just she's there. And then it turns yeah. into like an escort. escort more or less. <laughs> so yeah, so because they're on the run from these people, whoever these people are, yeah. and never really that never really gets discussed. Just some people, not the government. Oh, just some people. And Tower Perry's apparently, I don't want to say the boss, but more of a mediator, I guess. I guess. I don't I don't know. It never again, one scene doesn't really discuss much. Oh. But you have Nicholas Holt and you have Nicholas Holt and Adrian 
Gillen yep. as your assassins. And yeah. It's it's kind of weird because those two like it took took me a minute to recognize Aiden Gillen. I was like, oh yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's Game bad. of Thrones. <laughs> for me, for me, he's Carcetti from the wire. So Okay. Always always has been, always will be. I mean, but he's yeah, and finished that yet. <laughs> I'm still making my way through it. Yeah. But um it's weird because they, they've got they've got a, a certain set of skills that seems great at the start that they just kinda tapers off toward the end. Like they're not as great as they go along. It's like they keep losing steps. Right. I'm like, all right. And then they say they're twin assassins, I guess maybe it's because it's two of them. Yeah. That's but they but they are related. It, right. Are related. But um Maybe it's with the paternal thing. I, don't uh, know. <laughs> uh, I think I think we had it right the first time with there's just two of them. Yeah. So it. So we don't really know why they're after them. They just are, and then you know they take out the dad. But you know, it, like Tyler Perry says, you know, it's a zero sum game. Yeah. So you have to take out the kid. Okay. So. I guess in their infinite wisdom, they decide to set the fort because he runs into this forest and decides to. They decide to set the forest on fire because that'll. I guess bring him out. You know, but the thing is, they don't know that that's where he got like, what if he didn't go into the fire that or go into the forest that way? You're not really burning him out. True. Also. Who's to say that he just didn't go into the forest a little bit, get back on the road, get in the car, and leave? Like, you're, it's the dumbest reason to set fire to it. Just, just because. <laughs> like, literally, everything that they had done up until that point was very thought out, very well planned out, very yeah. tactical and strategic. And then they do this dumbass thing. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> oh, it's so we could have Angelina Jolie in this movie, so... Who plays? She's not really a survivalist per se because she works. She's not. It's not really forest ranger. It's firefighter, like yeah. wilderness firefighter, and she's in one of those giant ass towers, it's and spots. yeah, and just you know, so they, and who's suffering from her own personal trauma uh, from a last wildfire that had occurred. Yeah. So she's kind. Of, I guess she benched herself. I guess is a good way to put it. Or they benched her. I don't. That never really gets discussed. But she's not. No. She's not on the team per se. Actively out battling them. She's a scout. I guess is the best way to kind of describe it. Yeah. But then her tower gets a storm comes in. Her tower gets struck by lightning and fries all the electrical equipment, which seems like you would have a backup for true, like a generator. Exactly yeah. Instances like that. Yeah. Like we, if you think about it, most dispatch centers have, in case of a power outage, have a backup, either a backup generator, yeah, or at least have a cell phone backup. True. They weren't they weren't prepared at all for something like that. And the then light, the lightning, the lightning <laughs> in a forest. You would think that that would be something you would kind of prepare for. Yeah, especially when you know there's ten, you know fires come and there happens to be a storm. Lightning is going to be worse because it's going to be tra- drawn to the heat. Yep. And um, but then speaking of the lightning, that scene where they were running from the lightning, or so what to speak. What was that about? I was like, okay, I I I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know what that was. I I've <laughs> never known. I've never known. <laughs> they were legit trying to run, stop, and then run again because the lightning strikes. The lightning's random, so it's not like it's going to be. It's not like you can time it. No, it's unpredictable. You don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's starting to make me think of the back in the days in school when they're like, we're in a tornado or storm, whatever, just duck and cover, right. duck and cover, and this is here, run and stop. Yes, run. the 50 is a nuclear attack, duck and yeah. cover on the table, because that's going to work. Because it's just going to roll over. <laughs> but then... So, so damn ridiculous. <laughs> then she actually gets struck by lightning. And now before, remember, they were trying to race against the lightning, trying to predict yeah. where it's going to hit. Then actually sit and stop and talk. And I'm like, aren't y'all supposed to be on the move? Right. <laughs> Still, uh, I guess, but the lightning just kind of conveniently stopped. How about that? <laughs> I was like, all right, that's convenient. Very fast moving storm front. <laughs> and only lightning, no rain. Nope. Which does happen from time to time, but. Yeah. Uh, and if it's that dry that it's only lightning and no rain, that would, I would see a, I would see a forest fire starting from lightning strikes. More yes. than it would these two idiots starting a fire. Right. Like, if you're going to start a forest fire, let that be your catalyst. Like, let that be the thing that, what are we, no pun intended. Have. You know, well, okay, maybe some pun intended. Ignites. <laughs> At least ignites make it worse. Things. You know, yeah. make it worse. Because <laughs> then I remember their, their text, uh, the fire tidal wave. I, I was going to get to that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm jumping yeah, ahead. No, <laughs> but, but, yeah, that, that, that's what top of my list, but. Yeah, that, that scene was just... Uh, I was like, man, all right. <laughs> We're just in this world of disbelief, and they're really trying to suspend this disbelief. Man. <laughs> I'm like, ah. <laughs> Two epic levels. Yeah, I'm like, come on. There's only so far <laughs> that I can suspend it. <laughs> but it, it, it kind of had a humor for that also. I got yeah. a lot of lot of laugh from it. <laughs> Good laugh. So here's my question for you, okay? Okay. So these hitmen are going after him. They eventually find each other. Don, John Bernthal, by the way, he even got into his character. He's a oh. deputy in the area, which there's so many different things going on with his character that I don't understand. And his pregnant wife, is that has to be a thing now because that has to add more suspense because we don't have enough going on in this movie, I, I guess. Yeah. So basically they threaten to kill her and her, you know, because she's with child. But they're not going to kill her because he doesn't want to kill a pregnant person. I'm like. <sighs> she had no problem throwing her across the table. But, you yeah. know, given they didn't know at the time, didn't know at the time, just, uh, you know, she's she's not cooperating. So we need to attack her. And <laughs> then they were asking, so is it a boy? Is it a girl? Like, yeah. what, what does it matter? She's pregnant. It's like, were you planning on buying our gift now? Like, what's yeah. what's going on here? Once it's all over, we're going to send her a gift package. Like, ah, sorry for what happened earlier. We just need our to find bad. this kid. <laughs> yeah, we need to go find the. We need to find this kid that's that's already that's already uh, alive, so we can kill him. Yeah, we yeah, don't we'll mean kill to not kid. kill your unborn one. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're killing. You're literally. <laughs> you're, you're an exception because your kid's not here, but he's here, so we got to kill him. He that might have information. Pro life approach. I don't know what is. It's like he might have information, but we have no idea. Yeah. It's just a kid. The person that we need to take a, out, we did. So maybe the kid's not a threat. Maybe. I don't know. It's a zero sum game, man. We got to. Yeah. Yeah. We, true. We got to kill this. We have to, like I said, it's very. It's the most pro life <laughs> kind of 
defense right there. It's <laughs> we don't want to kill your unborn kid, okay? Because you know we <laughs> we believe all babies should be born. However, <laughs> this <laughs> this eleven year old we need to go kill because you know he go. may know something. <laughs> oh God, this movie is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so here's my question: Were the fires necessary? For no. this movie. For this movie. I mean, I mean, for this movie. Not really. They didn't have to start it. When the lightning happened, it should have started then because of that, but not from them force forcing the fire. To well, the we case. all know that they didn't really start the fire. It's always been burning since the world's been turning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it was necessary at all for no. for the entire movie. No. Because her being a quote-unquote survivalist, just the elements itself. Did you see one animal in this entire movie out in the Montana wilderness? Nope. Like, they could have... I'm sure they've got bears. I mean, hell, they got bears in freaking Gatlinburg. I'm sure they got bears in Montana. Yeah. They could have had bears or wolves or some sort of other element that could have, you know, been introduced to introduce more suspense. Like a danger the for them. Like, yeah, because like, like cheap. you've got assassins after you, but now you got the wilderness animal, animals. Right. That are after both of them. You know, yeah. they could be after literally all of them. Yeah. It's like, and just deal with the fact that you're in the Montana wilderness and not the fact that you have to start a fire. And it's the dumbest thing. Um, but, I, you know, I think it could have been just as dramatic having, you know, just the fact that they were having to be chased in the wilderness in the dark. True. Yeah, that would have been a nice added added element to it. Yeah, and not even <laughs> have to mess with the fact that it's that there's fires going on. True. But they could have just remained. They could have just been, been um, Angelina's backstory. That's this this that's just part of her backstory. Yeah, you know. It's just, yeah, that's it. So. So, anyways, they're they battle this fire. They're in this fire. One assassin gets taken down. The other one's left. So now they're fighting. Now it's just Angelina Jolie with some sort of rock climbing tool. Would it look like? I guess like a pickaxe, the rock climb pickaxe thing. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's nature stuff. I don't know. I don't (laughs) do these things. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't been to an REI. I couldn't tell you. Um, so they're fighting in this fire. Nobody's coughing. You would think, you know, with where there's fire, there's literally smoke. Usually, yep, no fire. inhalation. Yep, none of that. Yeah, nobody's coughing. <clears throat> I said it was great. You know, one of the notes I wrote down was this movie is great at showing how people surrounded by fire do not suffer do not suffer from smoke inhalation. <laughs> Very, like, did you think realistic. that would slow you down? Yeah. That like, should be it, slow you down? Just, just like, you know, you have animals in the wilderness. Now you got fire. Smoke should be impacting everyone in some yeah. way. In some <laughs> so, way, either respiratorily or at least vision, because there should be smoke yes. everywhere. Yes. <laughs> nah. It nah got this nice, this yep. nice area of plot armor. Yeah. <laughs> For, yes, plot armor. Yes, protecting everybody. <laughs> yes. And I also learned that uh, that the closer kids get to fire, the more they become British. <laughs> I 
I don't know if you noticed his accent coming out towards the end of the movie. No. Oh, it would. Yeah, it got very <laughs> British there towards the final scene. I'm like, I was like, bro, did you know you're, <laughs> you've been hiding nether secrets? Is this the big secret? You're adopted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, mercy. So, obviously, they defeat the bad guys. You know, they get the fire brigade comes in, puts out fires. Yay. Rescued. Yeah. Kid wants to know, you know, what's going to happen next. Like after, not just today, but like after tomorrow, because now he has no family. And she's like, well, I'm not, She she's not like, well, you can come stay with me. It was, we'll figure it out together. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. damn. <sighs> it may then, sound like that, that first meeting where like, you know, I'm trying to help you and kids not wanting. Like, well, yeah, town's 12 miles that way. Have, yep. l- have fun. Good luck with that. <laughs> Deuce. Yeah. Uh, so here's my last question about this movie. So it's a zero sum game, yes? Yes. Okay. Is there a sequel? Because Kid's still alive. Tower Perry didn't die. It's a lot of loose ends. Does Tower Perry not just send more hitmen after this kid? Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, the movie's over, yeah. but you realize that. There was no consequences. All he did was he just killed two with two bad guys. It's not like you can't send more. That's true. I mean, <laughs> you see like... Tyler Perry once and he disappears. We don't really know what he does, how he ties into this, what kind of uh, power he, you know, he holds, or if he's just like you said, maybe he's just uh, that middleman to the bigger yeah. guy. And yeah, there's loose now, ends. Now, if the only reason is to kill the kid because he's seen the two of them, okay. Whatever. Yeah. He doesn't know yeah. T- Tower Perry went there and he doesn't know him, then whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Tower Perry's like, you know what? He never saw me, so whatever. <laughs> but. Perry's no. going to show up in the sequel dressed as Medea. <laughs> he doesn't know me. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, just for that one scene, I was like, you know, I'd rather Tyler Perry act rather than produce things, like direct and yeah. write I didn't stuff. Like it. I did but, like the Alex Cross movie though. It was nice. I, I didn't watch it when I saw yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. But he was good in Gone Girl. Yeah, he was fine but, there. You know, small, small parts. I'm not saying he should yes. be the star, but yeah, just yeah. put him in little small roles where he pops in every now and then. Yeah, yeah. cool. But yeah, we still don't know how what, you know what his. He's still out there. Yeah. Um, kids still alive. I mean, they might. I, I hope not. not. I, yeah, hope not. I don't I don't want them to, but uh, next thing you know, summer twenty twenty two. Those who wish me even deader. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, those man. who wish me dead too, dead harder. Dead dead, hard. deader? Dead deader? I don't know. We'll we'll work on a title for them. <laughs> oh Jesus. Those who really wish me dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, they really do, trust me. Uh so yeah, this movie's on HBO Max. I'd rather watch it there than in the theater. I'd been mad if I'd seen this in the theater. Yeah, perfect streamer. <laughs> yeah. God. Damn movie. But I love Taylor Sheridan. Like, I loved Mud. I thought Mud was great. But maybe it's just because he directs kids well. Because the kid did a great job acting. Yeah. I mean, it's his movie. Everybody else was just there, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it was his movie. It was the kid's movie. Yeah. And... And he did. Angelina's just she just comes in as the escort. 
yep. to get him to help him survive. Yep. She's there to help help him help her her help her help him. Never mind. I, yeah. I butchered the oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. This kid is messed up too. Because when they had their little talk by the fire, yeah. and she started talking about something. He's like, yeah, my dad called me this. And she's like, oh, God. Like, you know, just they were going doing their back and forth. Like, everything she said made him remind, reminded him of his dad or his mom. And she just got like, oh, my God, this, I'm just, like, I'm making your situation worse by talking. So let me right. just, it's like, well, no, you can still call me buddy or whatever the nickname was. Like, Funny she daddy. looked at him like, like, are you sure? Because <laughs> it seems like you're really having a hard time. Yeah. I, I like that scene. That, yeah. that scene was like, the, I, I like, all right, we could have had more of that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I like, man, this dude, this little kid's messed up. Yeah. This ain't helping. <laughs> no, it's not helping. Mm-hmm. She's saying things that remind me of my dad and remind me of my mom. And because he's like, I saw my mom die of cancer. And then he literally saw his dad get <laughs> die in front of him by these assassins. Like, this dude's going to be therapy. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be his own Final Destination movie. That should have been the next step. Like, what's your next step? We're getting you therapy, kid. Yeah, because <laughs> you're gonna need it. <laughs> Damn sure. Because what's gonna happen is if there is a sequel, he's gonna be going after them because <laughs> they killed his his dad. Exactly. And just because his mom's dead, he's gonna take him out for that too. Oh, yeah, that should be the sequel. Yeah. There now he wishes them dead. It's, yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> I That's the tagline. Me, no, I wish them dead. Yeah, or wish them dead. Oh Lord! All right. <laughs> so trailers, we've got. So I posted this on our group page. Having not known this, it was kind of more of a surprise, and I was kind of excited, slightly. Uh, Worried, no, very worried. Um, slightly excited, but not very. Snake Eyes, GI Joe Origins. As a huge GI Joe fan myself, read the comic, the Marvel comics, way back when. Collected them, got then gone back and recollected a lot of them. Um, read a ton of them. Watched the cartoon growing up as a kid. Watched the movies. And now this movie's coming out. I was like, oh, cool, a Snake Eyes movie. Well, we'll see what happens. And then the trailer came out today. And I don't like it at all. (laughs) I I am so worried. I was like, how hard is it to screw up a comic book that is 40 years old? 30 to, you know, probably 35. 35 years old with a wealth you know, a huge catalog to choose from. Mm-hmm. So they cast Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians to play Snake Eyes. The only problem is Snake Eyes in pretty much every iteration is not of Asian descent. He is a white dude who served in Vietnam and, you know, saved a, saved a soldier from a landmine Loses his eyesight and his uh, ruins his vocal cords, so he's blind and can't speak. Yeah. After he comes back from war and realizes there's nothing much there, he goes on basically a soul-searching, you know, adventure, 
and joins the Arashikage clan of ninjas. Warns his training there. His rival turns out to be turns out to be Storm Shadow. He becomes Snake Eyes becomes the better student, and then Storm Shadow becomes his enemy because of jealousy, more or less. Yeah, that is that's that that's their rivalry. That's them. I mean, that's the backstory of how he you know of why the backstory may change but the essential overall story is the same his ethnicity does not change yeah (laughs) so when they're like well we're gonna cast henry golding i'm like oh i mean i like him a lot as an actor but that's not correct casting so maybe i'm just sounding like a nerd about this but if you're already casting somebody you know If you're already casting somebody else, <laughs> then you're not. I'm like, all right, they're doing their own thing. And so the movie's only going to have Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, Scarlet, and the Baroness. Everybody else, G.I. Joe Wise, is not going to be in it, according to this. Or at least according to IMDb and their cast listing. Yeah. The trailer looks like it's just a bunch of action shots and... It's probably going to be a hot mess, but I'm definitely going to watch it because it's G.I. Joe. Of course, I'm going to go watch it. Yeah. If it is a spinoff. Uh, the director is Robert Schwink, uh, who directed Red, R.I.P.D., uh, The Captain, and Allegiant. Oh, the Divergent series. He did that one. So, Flight Plan, which I actually did kind of like. But, yeah, I don't know. So, we'll just see. You know, maybe I'll be surprised, but I have a feeling I'm probably, yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So, there's that. That comes out July 23rd this year. So, you know, nothing like having your first trailer drop two months before before the movie comes out. I guess uh, not... I guess that's to kind of help curtail haters like me. <laughs> from it's not much to do now. It's two months. Yep. <laughs> Can't yep. do nothing about it. Yep, sorry. Oops, our bad. You're not getting a weary Hama cut from this. <laughs> <laughs> we would just take a weary Hama script, really. Uh, so the next, the next one, uh, there is a new trailer for the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. There we go. I didn't screw that one up. This one's coming out June 16th. Uh, so in just a few weeks here. Actually, just less than, you know, right at a month away. Yeah. Uh, starring Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, and Selma Hayek. Morgan Freeman, Frank Grillo, Antonio, ah, yes, Banderas. Uh, Tom Hopper, Richard E. Grant. And, yeah. So it's the sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard. Uh, the bodyguard Michael Bryce continues his friendship with assassin Darius Kincaid as they try to save Darius's wife, Sonia. So new trailer for that is out. Then next we have The Green Knight, starring uh, Dev Patel, Alicia uh, Vikander, Joel Edgerton, Sarita Shootery, Sean Harris, and oh, Aaron Kellyman from 
Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, cool. it's a fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. So, oh, I actually watched the trailer. It actually looks pretty interesting. Written and directed by David Lowery. So, it's rated R because I was like, oh, this New York might like this one. He still might. I don't know. It might be one of those I have to Check watch first. Yeah. See what's going on. Um, next is one that I've seen get some some buzz already fest- around the festivals. We're already back to that. It's called Sublet. It's an hour and 29 minutes long, coming out June 11th. A New York Times travel writer comes to Tel Aviv after suffering a tragedy. The energy of the city and his relationship with a younger man brings him back to life. Sublet will premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival in 20... Oh, it says 2020, but... Anyway, starring John Benjamin Hickey, Niv Nissim. So, but, yeah, it's been already getting the buzz going. So, on the festival circuits. So, I'll probably watch it. It looks like something I would watch. <laughs> and then, uh... And then, lastly, we have... Uh, Skater Girl, which as uh, York's getting more and more into skateboarding, I think he will uh, he might like this one. Yeah. When a teen in rural India discovers a life-changing passion for skateboarding, she faces a rough road as she follows her dream to compete. Uh, set to come out June 11th as well. So we shall see. And that's all I got, man. Uh, just kind of note for everybody, next week we will be taking a break, uh, mainly because I will not be here. We will be visiting my stepmother in Tampa, so that will sure be a trip. So, um, But we'll be back a week after. So Patrick gets a week off to... Store up on stuff. <laughs> store up on stuff and... Uh, and I, both of us will have time to find something <laughs> good to watch. Yeah, it's been difficult. <laughs> and it's been a little bit of a challenge, but yeah, you know, after award season, I was like, man, now what? <laughs> right. I'm like, I mean, I'm, ex- I mean, I'm exhausted, but still. <laughs> yeah, sitting there in the movies, looking at us, we're looking at them like, what you got? And like, eh, you know, stuff. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. yeah. Let's give it time. Yeah. Give us a minute. Give us a minute. Oh goodness! All right, all right, folks. Thank you for listening, and um, I guess we will check y'all in two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Hope everyone has a great two weeks, and uh, hope y'all can find some great movies to watch. Yeah, throw some suggestions to us. <laughs> Always. Yes. Facebook fan group. Hit us up. We're we're. <laughs> If you have a suggestion, I guarantee you there is a very, very strong chance we will watch it because we're always up to watch something we haven't seen before. So yep. hit us up. All right. We will talk to you all next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids.
You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental Underscore Advisory Underscore Movie Underscore Pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.